and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation as usual as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and today we are going to be talking with Star Bradbury, and she is going to be talking about successful aging for yourself and for maybe a loved one that you're caring for as well. So we're going to be packed with all kinds of good information that you're not going to want to miss. Also, I would encourage you to go to alzheimerspeaks.com check out all of the free resources that we have curated there. There are things that you can participate in, like being a guest on the show. If you're living with dementia, you can participate in Dementia in the Arts or Dementia Chats, which are both recordings that we do that are absolutely fantastic. Uh, There are tools, there are different resources for memory cafes and dementia-friendly communities and the Purple Angel Project and so much more. You can also access Dementia Map from there, which is our global resource directory that has over 150 um, categories that you can search. And we're still building that out, encouraging people to take their free listings and um, connecting people to services, products, and tools that they deserve. And last, I'll give a plug for Betty the Bald Chicken. That's our children's book on lessons on how to care. With no further ado, let's go ahead and introduce you to our guest today. Well, Star, I am so excited to have you on the show today. I went through your book and we've had conversations prior. You are a wealth of information and I can't wait for more people to learn about you and the work that you're doing. It's quite amazing. Thank you. So thank Thank you for taking the time to be here today. I'm going to have you introduce yourself if you don't mind, because you can do a much better job than I can. Well, thank you. Um, I, I, I will try. So um, I am Star Bradbury, and I have 25 years in senior living and elder care. And a lot of that uh, is a combination, I like to tell tell people, of my both my professional and my personal experience. And by that, I mean, I ran, I was the administrative director of an assisted living facility, uh, also of a memory care facility. And then I spent 18 years in a a life care community or a continuing care retirement community. And so that was my personal, my professional life. I learned so much from that. I mean, I literally worked with truly thousands of families, but then on the personal side, Lori, um, my parents divorced and remarried when I was in high school. And as I sadly share, I probably learned more about what not to do and what didn't work uh, and what I didn't know at that time uh, in terms of educated, informed decisions. And so collectively, I've just learned a lot and I felt compelled to put it in the book. Well, I love that. And I think most of us who fall into this care uh, care category, we learn by our mistakes and things that we just didn't know yes. because you don't know what you don't know. And so 
I say that all the time. Yeah. What I find amazing is the number of people like yourself, myself, and, and so many others that are willing to step up and go, I don't want you to go through what I went through. True. True. <laughs> so let me see if I can help you with that. Now, I always ask all of my guests if they have been personally touched by dementia in their own family or circle of friends. Absolutely. My mom had vascular dementia. And so she smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. And let's just say did not take good care of herself. That would be a mild understatement. And so as she aged, um, her memory started to go. And at first, I was very confused because some days she'd sort of be better. And we'd have conversations on the phone that seemed pretty normal. And then the next day, not so much. And that's with vascular dementia. It can come and go because that has to do with level of oxygen to the brain. And and so that was um, an education. And then my beloved stepfather, who I moved to be closer to me after my mom died first, another curveball, Lori, that wasn't what we were all expecting, my sisters and I. Um, he ended up with uh, dementia requiring memory care. Um, I helped uh, I helped him for many years until that just became untenable. And then he moved into memory care, actually, where I was working, <laughs> uh, which was a life care community. So I got to go see him and know he was uh, taken care of. But um, and then my dad had Parkinson's and I discovered that at the very end of the cycle of Parkinson's, it's very much dementia involved. He, he was he was in the late stages of Parkinson's. Absolutely. He had a lot of confusion and dementia. Um, and my stepmom was the only one who who did not have dementia. Uh, but yes, I just saw a lot and learned a lot. And oh, gosh, I want all your listeners <laughs> to avoid some of the pitfalls. Yeah. And there's a lot of pitfalls out there. And you don't know they're there until you're in them. And then I know. Just- but I also want to say to your uh, all the caregivers out there, don't beat up on yourself because that just doesn't do any good at all. Just do the best you can and educate yourself the best you can. And and then when you're in the middle of a pile of you know what and you've had a curveball, talk to people who've been there. Find out what your options are. Don't make assumptions. That's That's great advice because, you know, when you're if you spin in it, you're just wasting your energy and mm-hmm. it, it gets even harder to, mm-hmm. to get back on track. You know, your book, Successful, Successfully um, Navigating Your Aging Parents Senior Years, this is not just dementia specific. It can be used for anybody oh, yeah. you know, at all, but it definitely can help us dealing with dementia as well. So you know, when we're talking today, keep that in mind. This isn't always about somebody else. You can apply this stuff to your own life. You know? True. Some of my consulting clients are in their 60s, taking care of their parents in their 90s. And the fastest growing demographic in the United States, and I'm, I wonder if this is true uh, uh, globally, is 90 to 100. And so I'm positive there's people out there listening who are so focused on caring for their aging uh, parents in their 90s or even 100, um, that they're neglecting planning for their own aging successfully, which is easy to do if you're a caregiver. But yes, I wrote this book to help people make educated, informed decisions. 
And the feedback I'm getting from people is they're buying it for themselves and then getting copies for their children and then having a meeting, a Zoom meeting or in-person meeting to talk about developing a plan and what would that look like and really having heart-to-heart conversations. So I did write it for both, well, more specifically, adult children of any age, uh, uh, helping any loved one, uh, and then also to apply to yourself. And I think that that is such a good way to look at it. I know when I was dealing with this with my own parents, they did not want to deal with it until, you know, Tom and I stepped up and said, we're going to do this with you. And then it wasn't an end of life. Hey, you're going to be dying. We better get this in order. Right. Then it was just a smart living thing. And that that switched the perception on what we were doing and why we were doing it. Totally. I want to ask you, when the heck should families begin having these conversations about aging successfully? Well, that is such an important question, and I'm I'm thrilled that you asked that because um, I have a, a something I talk about in the book that sort of sums up and really helps people sort of envision um, the arc of your parents' post-retirement and aging. I mean, think about it for a minute, Lori. You could have a parent that's retiring at um, 60, and they might well live into their 90s or mid-90s. So their needs are going to change over that time. But you can't wait till they're 70 or 80 and in a crisis to sit down and say, what's your plan to age successfully? Do you want to age in your home or age in place? Are you thinking about moving? So in my book, I call it the go-go years the slow-go years, and the no-go years. Where are your parents on that spectrum? The mistake I see adult children make, Lori, is they think their parents are always going to be in those go-go years. You know, I hear people say, oh, my dad golfs five, six times a week. Oh, my parents just got back from uh, uh, Europe or traveling. They're always on the go. That is great. But those years don't last forever. So the time to answer your question is when your parents are in their 50s. Someone joked with me the other day and they said, I think from the time you graduate high school, you should start talking uh, and planning for your own retirement. Well, no, that is just not practical. Nobody's going to think start that young. But if you have parents uh, in their 50s, that's the time to talk. Why? One thing in particular, how are they going to pay for long-term care if they should ever need it? You can't solve that issue overnight or even in five years. No. Well, and I think it's interesting because I I actually think younger kids are looking at things differently. I do too. They've looked at our lives and go, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live for a job. I, you know, and so they are planning. And I had one person, and I think I mentioned this to you offline, where their graduation gift uh, to someone graduating high school or college didn't make any difference was a um, healthcare directive and will. Wow. So I love that idea. It's set up. And so I I don't think any age is too young to have these discussions. And I was one of those people when I was in real estate, I did that for 25 years before I I got into this industry. I was one of those kids that, that thought old was always 10 years older than my folks. And I didn't realize I was doing that out of denial. It was, you know, cause I didn't want to have to deal with that. Right. I, di- I dealt with that with so many people in so many families in my business 
And I was always so proud of how active my folks were. And so I always thought, well, if they're, you know, if I had this like 10 year curve, I always had time, you know, and it doesn't work like that. All of a sudden, my dad had cancer, my mom had dementia and boom, crash, boom, you know, you are in the thick of then you're right. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And and those things don't happen overnight. Well, let me take that back. You could have a stroke mm-hmm. and then overnight your cognitive uh, impairment could could be as a result of the stroke. So I don't want to say it, but for many cognitive uh, impairment issues, they creep up, they're slow. And, uh, and if you're not seeing your parents on a regular basis, believe me, you can miss it because mm-hmm. most most children like you, they're they're in denial. It's hard to look at your beloved mom or dad and think, are they losing it? Is this just sign of a of a because they forgot something simple, or is it something to truly be worried about? It it's not it's not natural for the parent child relationship to look at your parents and see and see the worst possibility. Yeah, well, no All one educates us. No one educates us. On no. what to look for in these things. I mean, it's not discussed in school. It's not something you learn. It's not, and it's not something that a lot of families talk about, especially the older generations. It's like nobody needs to know my dirty laundry. That's private. True, and they're good at hiding it. But True. I always tell people there are red flags, and I have a whole chapter in my book about the red flags to look for, and when should you really be concerned? You know, mm-hmm. if you see pills all over the floor and medications completely disorganized and in different rooms and different boxes. That's a red flag. If you see um, uh, uh, old food in the refrigerator that they're not throwing out or that maybe they're actually thinking about eating, if you see post-its, and I don't mean one or two, if you looked at my desk right now, you'd see two or three post-its, but I mean, there's a post-it for everything. There's a post-it in every room and and, and over reminders. Um, you see them missing uh, appointments or they used to be very gregarious and go out and be social or immaculate dressers. You see changes in that. Those are all red flags where your parents may need more help in the home. And maybe that's all that means. Yep. You know, it's not it's not like they're they're dying next week. They just need some help. And 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 you can figure out what's the best kind of help. And what kind of help that will help them and allow them to stay independent. I think one of the things we need to teach people is how do you approach these conversations? Do you address that? It is a tough one. 
Uh, I have all kinds of tips and hints in the book about how do you begin those kinds of conversations. And the first, the first, the first thing I suggest, Lori, is that you start with yourself. Meaning, what do I mean by that? You would go to your mom and dad and let me model this conversation and say something like this. Hey, hey, mom, um, you know, I want to bring up a, a, a topic that I'm worried about and I'm concerned about. And, and that is, I don't want to be confused or not know what your wishes are, what your concerns are, what I should do if something happened to you or help or to dad. Um, and I read about stuff in the paper, my friends uh, or online, uh, and my friends are, are going through a crisis with their parents. I don't want to wait for a crisis. Could we sit down and talk about what your plan is to age successfully? Before there's any kind of crisis, are you and then you start to start with um, open-ended questions like, are you thinking about staying in your house and aging here for forever, or do you think about moving closer to me or to John, my or my brother? You know, are you thinking about what kind of lifestyle do you want? Way way ahead of the need. I'm the one that's worried. I'm the one that wants reassurances from you. Can you help me out? So that's, you make it about you. And that's a wonderful suggestion. I found that too when I sold real estate because I would help kind of people with these conversations as well. And the parents were always shocked that the kids were worried or that they had concerns or, and, uh, and some of them were just thrilled to death that they cared. I didn't know they cared, you know, because we didn't really, in our family, we didn't, not in my family, but in some families, they just didn't talk about those things. So they didn't know the level of care. I have a, a neighbor who uh, just went to the doctor and her three sons came with her. Oh, really? And she, and she was like, I am so happy my sons came with me. I am so proud of my boys, how much they care for me that they showed up. And that just calmed her down. I so love that story. Levels. You know, parents are worried, Lori, about being a burden to their children. Mm -hmm. And if it's one thing they don't want to be, it's a burden. So often they avoid the topic and they, they don't want to bring it up at risk of, um, of especially in today's world. They look at their kids in middle age and they're overwhelmed. Why? They're still raising kids. They're working full time. They have financial stress and strain already. And they don't want to add to that. So often your parents will not be honest with you about either what is really going on even their health care, unless it's so serious, they either hide it from you or share it with you, uh, much less caring for them. And But if you bring it up and you say, I'm worried, I don't want to be guessing. Let's start talking about this now, what your plan is. And remember, I have two principles in my book that I, I, I can really consider guiding foundational principles to help families, whether really for an aging person themselves or their adult children. And I, I hope this is, is this a good time for me to share those principles? Yeah, okay. So principle number one is um, how, so this is what you should ask yourself when faced with a decision for yourself or your aging parents, how can I maximize and prolong my parents' independence for the longest possible time? But that kind of a question, the answers to that and the definition of what independence means is going to change. Are they 60, 65 in the go-go years? 
are they 95 in the no-go years? What does independence mean for them at that stage of life? Well, it could mean that independence means living in a facility or a community, a retirement community, even assisted living, where they're going to get the support they need to continue to live independently. So, so that's principle number one. How can I maximize and prolong my parents or my own independence and being resilient and flexible about what that might mean, not getting stuck and saying, I'm never leaving my house. I'm only going to age in place. I don't want any help. That's not going to do you any good if you really do need help. Exactly. And that's that's what people have the fear of going right. there. And right. it really needs to be addressed because none of us are in control of that. You know, Lori, I say to people, wouldn't you define independence as being able to live where you want and, and maintain your independence to make your own decisions and being in control of your life? But what if allowing somebody in your home two or three, four days a week allowed you to stay in your home because yep. you got the help you needed instead of uh, pushing yourself to exhaustion or to a fall or ending up in the hospital or saying, I don't need any help when a little help would make all the difference in the world. So I want to I want to stress that to stay resilient and flexible. You know, my, my mom gave me a T-shirt, which I threw out, wish I hadn't. Uh, I didn't appreciate it in my 40s that says growing old is not for sissies. Well, you know, when you're talking about that flexibility, I, I used to, again, go back to my real estate days when uh, I, I would be approaching people and they're like, some would say, I'm not leaving unless I go feet first. Right. Because their goal has been to live in that house. And there was never any more conversation other than attain your house, keep it, live there forever. <laughs> And people had um, this visualization, this perception of what a nursing home was. They didn't really know of all the other different variables. Right. And even nursing homes have changed so much. What I would find is once we would sell somebody's home, I would have a hard time getting a hold of them in their new place because they were so busy. And happy. And happy. And they didn't realize they had lost that socialization piece because it left so slowly over time. Right. In their home. I see and, that, Lori. And they just get used to it. And and the kids would say, Oh my gosh, they've just blossomed. You know, my, my mom or dad is I love that when I saw it again. Yeah. And so there are pieces that you know, I don't care what age we are, you know, sometimes we go through things and we just don't realize how our life has changed and how we have changed, you know, to adapt to it and trying to keep a positive mind frame. You don't dwell on what you've missed. And like you said, you may not even notice, especially after COVID, mm -hmm. yep. where I've seen people not bounce back, not mm -hmm. reconnect. And one of the questions I sit down and ask of an an older person or people trying to evaluate how well their parents are doing is this, how strong is their support system? How socially connected are they? Are they at risk of becoming isolated or lonely? Because those, all of those when looked at in a bigger picture are the best indicator of whether or not, they are going to age well or have major, major issues. Support system, social connectedness, and are they isolated and becoming more isolated? Mm -hmm. That's a, that is a serious red flag. Yep. Why? The question you ask is, why is this happening for mom or dad? 
Exactly. Is it just depression? Is it the beginning of dementia? Are they trying to not let anybody know that they're struggling with memory issues? Uh, have they just slowly, like you said, withdrawn? Sometimes it's a little bit of everything for my mom. Right. With dementia, I think she got to the point where she would be part, but she wouldn't speak. And she always was part of the conversation and stuff. Um, but she became this wallflower because she didn't want to make a mistake. Um, right. She didn't want to embarrass herself or my dad right. or whoever she was with. And um, or for other people to know that she was different. And right. yet she still loved being around the energy of her friends and and things, but it was um, kind of swept under the rug, you know, and, right. and back then, I mean, she's been gone since 2014 and lived with it for 30 years. Um, people didn't even talk about, do you tell anybody or not? I'm not a fan of families who say, we're not going to, we're not going to tell anyone. Well, you, you know, can't that get it, the support you need if you don't. No, no. And then, and then what happens, you know, it's, it becomes the big secret and, mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm not a, as like I said, I'm not a really a fan, but for those of you out there saying, but I promised my dad, I would never place mom in a facility or I promised my mom or I, I just can't do it. Uh, let me remind you what both Lori and I are saying. And I have run assisted living facilities. I've worked in a full life care community and memory. I've seen people actually regain their lives back because they have peers they have colleagues who remember the songs of their era the the what they all lived through collectively and that's different than aging in place alone in your home with a home care companion that fixes a sandwich for you and then goes back to uh, you know watching tiktok or their mm -hmm. videos they're they're not a companion they're not a conversationalist so before you rule that out go visit actually i always say ahead of the need go visit the facilities uh in your area it might be a life care community that has a five-year wait list by the way or even uh the best memory care that also has a wait list so just because you're looking doesn't mean you're making a decision and i would say go by yourself without your mom or dad first mm -hmm. you know take your sister take your friend and uh, under no duress or crisis, go visit the communities you might be considering in the future for your loved one. And get on the list. For get them. on the list. If that is something I, I've had many people through the years through support groups go, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I was on so many lists. Because, you know, yes. if you pick just the one you want, they might not have an opening and you need to be educated on on what's available. Um, you know, Star, I want to get back to, you had two principles. And I, I, think we, I think we only covered the one. Well, can you tell us number two as well? Yes. Yes, I'd be happy to. So number two, I call um, just-in-time senior planning. And by just-in-time senior planning, I suggest to families that when they're trying to develop a plan or look ahead at their parents' needs or your own needs, that you really keep it to a three to five-year window because the just-in-time concept looks at your emotional, physical, and financial resources and recognizes that trying to make a 10-year plan for somebody that's 70, much less 80 or 90, is a waste of time and energy because there's no way that situation will not change. So just limiting it to three to five years makes it 
like a biteable piece of, of something you can handle where you're, you're thinking, well, what was my mom going to need in the next three to five years or my mom and my, my dad or yourself? Meaning, let's say plan A is I'm going to age in place. Mm-hmm. Right now, your health is great. So the question to ask uh, in terms of just-in-time planning, what could you do? Well, modify the house before the need. Is your house totally safe to age in place? Is it one story or the bathroom is modified? What else can you do to make that home safe for your parents or for yourself? And maybe that's your three to five year plan. And meanwhile, you're doing continuous improvement. Every year, you're kind of taking that plan out and looking at, you know, are my advanced directives up to date? Is my will and trust up to date? Is my home modified? If this were to no longer work, why? Couldn't drive anymore? One of you needs more care? Can't stay at home anymore? Total exhaustion as a caregiver? You don't wait till you're in the hospital as a caregiver. You're continually improving that three to five year plan and changing it as needed. I love that. One of the things, I can't believe how my real estate stuff keeps popping back up, but people would be like, I don't want to spend this money to fix up the house right. for someone else. It, it will, correct. Do it so you enjoy it. So the value is there. You know what True. needs to be done. It adds value. No and, question. And the, and the people who do that are like, oh, why did we wait so long? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's not like you can say in one year and three days, I'm going to fall and break my hip and not be able to get in and out of the shower because it's the lip is so high mm-hmm. or I, or I have a low toilet. I haven't even modified my toilet to 17 inches high. We're a lot easier to get up and down with the mm-hmm. safety bar. And, and, and actually, I did this to my bathroom. My safety bars are, are so pretty that um, you don't even know that it's a safety bar. I mean, it looks like a, a roll for toilet paper, but it's also a safety bar. So uh, all of those improvements are seen as a big, big plus, and they're worth every investment because maybe it allows you to age in place again in your home, which is what most people want, safely for another four or five years. Well, think what you just saved in paying for assisted living, Lori. Have it six, seven, eight thousand a month, private pay. And you're going to save money on your improvements the earlier you do them because prices true. keep going up. Absolutely and you're gonna, true. And you're going to reduce your stress when it is time, you know, if it comes that time to sell your house. It's one whole level you've, you've removed. And, right. And, and, and it is a stressful time. Even when you are emotionally prepared to do it, it's still exhausting. It's a big change. But, you know, you'll land in a soft place and you will find that you are able to be more independent in your new setting. That's really the only reason anybody ever moves is to have a better fit. And, you know, just because we're older doesn't mean we're done. It just means we're in another stage of life. I love that. You're just in, I tell people, the the people that age successfully, Lori, see the next Mm -hmm. stage of life as a, as a new adventure Mm -hmm. instead of dreading it. Um, and, And I think that that's, that's really important. Um, there's a quote that I love that says, do not regret getting older. It is a privilege denied many. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you're getting older, then I like to say, be a realistic optimist. Be an optimist about it, but be realistic. For for example, um, uh, the whole second part of my book is location, location, location. 
where I talk about uh, what what to consider to age in place if your parents want to stay in their home. And there's a long, long list of, of things beyond modifying your bathroom to consider. But I also talk about full service retirement communities. I'm not talking about Margaritaville and, you know, just party party communities, uh, which which are great for some people. I'm not putting that down. But I think a lot of people don't understand what is a full service retirement community. Well, it's a place that that caters to a very active, healthy senior population. However, they have three meals a day in beautiful restaurants. And, you know, usually your monthly fee includes uh, two meals a day or something like that. It includes all your housekeeping. It includes all your maintenance. So you're not hassling with maintenance. It, there's all kinds of uh, clubs and usually gyms and outdoor and indoor pools. There's home care on site. If you need it, you're not trying to find your own home care. That company uh, might be helping you temporarily after surgery and you're coming home from the hospital. Not not ongoing need necessarily. There's 24-hour security. Super important if you're a solo senior or you're aging and you're, you want to be in a super safe, secure environment where people can't just come and go. Um, but it's independent living. Yep. There's beautiful homes, there's cottages, there's apartments, but there's one monthly fee that covers your utilities, your internet, your cable, your food, your maintenance. Your, it simplifies life and what allows you to stay independent because you don't have all those hassles anymore. And some, some have assisted in memory care as well. That's handled financially differently than a life care community. But that's a full-service retirement community. Look at the ones in your town or your parents' town and see if there's something that they would love. Yeah, I think if they get out there and, and tour, the impressions change. Oh, they would be shocked at what's available. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll never forget doing, um, this will be, I swear this will be my last reference to real estate. But I don't I, mind I, because it's all relevant. It's all I'll, true. I, I um, did a, a program for a builder who had one level townhomes. And I said, I want to pull people in and, and educate them on why this move is beneficial and, and how it can help, blah, 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 blah. And it was amazing. It was supposed to be an hour long and then they were off and running. Three hours, I, after three oh. hours, I had to kick them out. And what was funny Star, was that people were in the group and they saw their friends and neighbors people that they were really close to and none of them, none of them had ever mentioned that they had been thinking maybe they should investigate this. Wow. And it was so powerful for them to see they weren't alone because they were thinking they were the only ones in their group that were thinking, Oh, maybe we need to make a change, but they were kind of almost embarrassed about huh. talking about it. And then when they saw everybody, there was this comfort and, and it was it, several of them all moved into the same neighborhood then. It was just hilarious. But it was like we have to get these conversations comfortable because it True. does go through everybody's mind. It, it goes through the seniors. It goes through the kids, the neighbors. You know, everybody is, is seeing things in a different light. And we have to have a respectful conversation and understand what the main goal is. And again, it's the independence. And um and I'm glad you kind of returned back to that independence because um, when you're having these difficult conversations, Lori, with your parents, and especially if you think they're a little resistant, 
one of the ways to start that conversation is, hey, mom and dad, I, I want to talk to you about um, what your plans are after you retire or now that you're retired or now that you've been enjoying your retirement for 10 years, whatever their stages. Um, uh, and, and I just want to kind of check in with you because I'm guessing that you want to stay as independent as you possibly can for as long as you can. Now, you and I both know not one parent, not one parent is going to disagree with that. You've made a statement about independence that they can relate to and is an open, opens the door to more questions. So I'm I'm guessing that they're going to say, yes, that's true. And that to which you say, well, I, I know we're on the same page because that's what I want for you, too. I would like you to be as independent as you can for as long as you can because I don't live in the same city or state or, you know, I'm still working full time. And if you needed help, that would be a real challenge. But let's talk about what kinds of decisions you could make now or we could talk about now in terms of developing a plan that's going to promote that independence. Is what? it? Are, do you want to stay in your house? Okay. And then they're in a three-story house and all the bedrooms are upstairs and the bathrooms are upstairs and you know, mom already had hip surgery and you're wondering if she's going to be able to make it up those stairs. So what's their situation? What can, how can you bring this up in a way that's going to not confront them and get you on a, the wrong path? Well, you started with a question that they'd answer yes to where most families go, you know, I don't think it's safe anymore for you to right. be here or I've noticed this. And then it's right. like you're spying on them and in pulling away that independence. I do want to, if anyone is just uh, starting to listen to us kind of mid-show here, we were talking with Star Bradbury, who has written this fantastic book. So again, her book is Successfully Navigating Your Parents' Senior Years. And um, you can get this on Amazon, and I'm sure they can go to your website as well, Star. Yes, uh, and it's um, available on every major website, plus... There's an audible version if you like to listen to your books or if you're buying books for your kids and that's the only way they take in their books is you can do the uh, the audible version or the paperback version. And there's even a, on my website, if you're buying multiple books, I think it's five or more like to give to siblings or to give to your own kids. Uh, there's a discount under Porchlight Books for multiple books. If And I just wanted to let people know that. As you can tell, she is just a wealth of knowledge. So if you're just hopping on now, you're going to want to spin back and, and hear this from the beginning. You can always go to her website, starbradbury at, uh, dot com, um, And she just has tons of stuff. She's on YouTube. She just joined TikTok. And so you can enjoy her videos there. And her book is also on Amazon. We're going to hear from QBlocks and then we'll be right back. I want to introduce you all to QBlocks. They have been absolutely excellent to deal with. They have been in business for 18 years and they serve the globe. I can't say enough good things about this company. I've had a lot of bad experiences. I don't know about you with tech companies. They have made a very complicated process very easy and their staff is so kind, so polite, so respectful to work with. And, you know, when I am frustrated and ready to pull my hair out, they just smile and tell me everything's going to be okay. And they really are just on top of the communication, which alleviates so much stress. 
as an owner when you're dealing with tech issues. You can get a 10% discount. Visit them at QBlocks at C-U-E-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com. Or you can email them at let's talk at QBlocks.com. For that 10% discount, just put Lori, L-O-R-I, in the inquiry form. And again, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I surely haven't been. I, I can't rave enough about this company. And that's kind of rare these days. Star, I wanted to um, ask you about, you know, helping parents and who are resistant to receiving help. I mean, there's, there's a lot of us out there that are really independent and we just don't want anyone knowing our business. Um, I've seen that over and over um, mm-hmm. with many families. They, they won't let me know their finances. They don't want to talk about um, prepaid burials and, and even what they wish at the very end of life or how they want to live their life. They just don't want to talk about it. What, what do you say to those kids that are really struggling to get through um, to help? Well, um, let's start with, you know, the, the one of the most important issues that I always start with in consulting and sitting down with a, a, a senior or a family is, is there a living will? And is there a healthcare surrogate form, which are advanced directives? And um, God forbid you should have one of those parents who um, are resistant to doing a living will. Um, And I'm sure your listeners know, but a living will is a document that your parents fill out and you fill out. It doesn't matter how old you are. That basically says this is the the treatments and procedures I want or don't want at my end of life when I cannot speak for myself. Something's happened and I'm either unconscious or I've been in an accident or I've had a stroke and you're calling 911 and And someone else is going to be making those decisions for you because you've told them what you want. And that's your healthcare surrogate. That's the person, your healthcare proxy, healthcare surrogate, could be medical power of attorney. Those are all a person you have designated and chosen to speak for yourself about your end of life wishes when you can't speak for yourself. Let's say you have a parent who isn't, hasn't done that yet. You brought it up. Well, first of all, I'm going to say, go visit um, the Conversation Project uh, online, which is a wonderful resource and a wonderful website. And they actually have free conversation starter kits. All of that's online. You could print it out. Uh, they used to mail it to people, and I'm not sure if they still do that, but it's all online. And it gives you really a step-by-step guide about how to have these conversations, either with your kids, if you're an adult, and your kids don't want to talk about it, which is not unheard of. Like I have one son who said, no, absolutely not. I could never be your healthcare surrogate. Please don't even ask me. I mean, he got all upset, uh, freaks out every time he thinks about the, that, you know, the, even the possibility. I always joke, the possibility of me dying? No, honey, it's it's not a possibility. It's an eventuality, right? And then I have a son who's happy to talk to me and be in that role. So you never know who's starting the conversation. The adult doesn't matter. Go to the conversation project, free information also in all different languages. And I mean, Filipino and Spanish and all kinds of languages for those listeners who need uh, different languages, especially if their aging parents aren't fluent in English. So, but the, here's what you say. You say, mom, 
if something happened to you and we haven't had this conversation, I cannot handle just guessing what you want. If And do you really want to do that to me? Yes, you're using the guilt trip. Go ahead and do it. Do the guilt thing. Mom, dad, do you really want me to be guessing? I can't even, I am freaking out at the mere idea of wondering what you want. You've got to talk to me about this. I need to know what if something happens to you? We Let's do this together. I haven't done one either. I'm going to do one with you. You help me and I'll help you. That's another one. Or I've done mine. I'd like to show you mine. And also, let's say they don't want to talk to you about it. Almost every senior center in the United States has free workshops on completing advanced directives. Even fire departments are doing this now. You know, senior centers, uh, fire departments, home health agencies host free seminars on completing advanced directives. Of course, the biggest issue I hear from people is I don't know who to ask to be my healthcare surrogate. My kids live in other states, or I don't want to ask them, or they're not, as I like to say, willing, capable, able. What if they're not? What yep. if you have an only child and they have addiction issues? Well, you're not going to ask them. So you really need to brainstorm. But I'm convinced. I have a friend in that situation. And it turns out that her neighbor that she'd been walking with for years, they meet in the morning, go for a walk. So she was scared to ask her. But she did. And she said, I'm I'm honored you would ask me. Yes, I will be your healthcare surrogate. So you need to broaden your who you're going to ask if you're in that situation. But if it's for your parents, you model that you're doing it for you and you want to know what their wishes are. That usually works, Lori. I think so too. Um, what if a loved one needs more care than what somebody can provide them? How, how, do they, how do they go about finding the right fit? If it's home health care, if it's a, a senior community, is there a place where there's like a list of questions that they should ask, you know, to compare because A looks different than B. It's complicated. It's, and it's overwhelming and people don't know where to begin. And as I like to say, you don't know what you don't know. And why should the average person even know the difference between home care and home health care, which could cost you thousands and thousands of dollars because people think, oh, I need home health. They call the company. And they say, well, my mom needs help. And the next thing you know, you're paying $125 an hour for a nurse they don't need. They don't need a nurse. They need a home care companion. And I talk a lot about that in my book. What? How do you get care for your parents in their home? What is the difference between home care and home health care? How do you know if they need more care? And if that's assisted living, what is assisted living? Who will they take? Who will they not take? Who pays for that? All of this, this is why I think my book is is unique, because it's written from from a expertise of my 24 years in senior living, running assisted living, running memory care, working in a life care community. So I want to pass on the knowledge to families struggling so that they have a basis and a foundation to make educated, informed decisions. Also, I want to point out, and I'm so glad you thought of this, because on my website, on the homepage, website is www.starbradbury.com. On the homepage at the top, 
I have a tab under resources. If you go to that resources page, I literally have pages and pages of free information on how to vet home care, how to hire home health care, touring questions to ask if you're touring any kind of senior living, whether it's a full service retirement community or a life care community, useful websites for national websites, government websites, Medicare, Medicaid. It really honestly is a wealth of information. I chose to put all of that up there for free. Why? I want to help people. I want I want to give people the information and finding the information. Nobody has hours and hours to find this information. I promise you, you can find a lot of information on my website and in my book that's going to help you on this on this complicated, challenging journey. Well, and the problem that, that we have when we step into this is we don't even know what to Google. I mean, we don't even know the True. terms. We don't know what's available. And so that's why it's so important for people to hook up you know, with people like Star out there, it, it just, and then to be able to, to have this with you and, you know, be able to refer to it because not everything in here might not apply to you, but a lot of it will. And if it doesn't work for you, um, somebody else it might work for, you know, because all of our needs are a little bit different. So this will end up turning, turning into your own personal little Bible for care um, in terms of supporting people. It'll be well, very, very. I, I really hope so. Um, and that's why I, I wrote it. Um, and the the last part of the book is a prepared exit plan. And I think one of the most challenging things I discuss is uh, a, a tough topic. And that is, what is a good death? Mm-hmm. What is a good death? And what does that even mean? Very different things to very different people. But just like the majority of people want to age in place in their home, the majority of people want to pass away in their own bed, in their own home, surrounded by friends and family. And yet, statistically, that is not what happens. So that whole section of the book is talking about what do you want at that time in your life and how can you actually, believe it or not, apply my two principles to that time in your life and make a plan to have a good death. So that you have a chance of that happening if you want to be at home, and most people do. And I think the other thing in in terms of the the book is getting. Sometimes kids have fear of of being with somebody when they pass, mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. do I do, and how do I do that? And I mean, I, I have been honored to be with many people as they've passed, and it is one of the most comforting things, and one of the most you know fulfilling things I think that you can do and it it takes a lot of the questions out after someone has passed them maybe I should have done or I could have done or you know all of those things you you just don't have to deal with those so much when you're there when you're just- yeah I I'm so glad you said that because I I would really I have also been present with a number of people um, taking their last breath and there is something comforting about being there with that person even if it's not in their home and i want to reassure your listeners who you know naturally are going to they've never it's never happened to them and they've been in that situation have a lot of anxiety but here's a couple of things to remember one if hospice is involved they offer tremendous support 
for the family and education and preparation about what to expect and what to look for and to be to be there for you um, and support the family during that dying process. Two, I have a whole chapter on uh, an end-of-life doula mm -hmm. because that's also a wonderful resource to families to find uh, an end-of-life doula, just like a birthing doula at the beginning of life, an end-of-life doula is there to help support you, uh, the dying person, and the entire family in many, many truly remarkable and wonderful ways. And so um, there's information in my a book and, and on my website about end-of-life doulas and how to find one uh, yeah. in your area and face that for ourselves. And we can all think about what would I want? Exactly. I mean, I have people who've planned it out. They've even written their own obituaries. They can tell you the music they want, the flowers they want. Um, the you know, it's 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 just another way of looking at a part of living. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you, Star, for being with us today. For our listeners, I want to ask you all to be givers of hope. Like, click, and share this episode with others in your sphere who need this information. This isn't something people ask for because they just don't even know how to ask for it. They don't know how to broach the topic. So help them get the information that they need because all of us at one time or another are going to be dealing with a loved one that needs help. Mm -hmm. And we have to be prepared in advance um, to the best of our ability and we can reduce a lot of stress by just doing some homework ahead of time and getting educated and sharing this information. Uh, it, it's just been such a joy uh, to spend this time with you, um, Star. Again, you can go to her website, which is starbradbury.com. She is on YouTube as Star Bradbury 4934 on TikTok as Senior Living Star. Um, her book is accessible on her website and also um, through Amazon and I'm sure um, the other bookstores as well. This has just been um, a wonderful conversation. Again, all her contact information will be in the show notes. Um, please feel free to, to reach out and check out her website as well. And then Star, was your publisher going to do a discount? Was that you? Yes. Uh, and if they go to Ben Bella Books and order a book, they will get a uh, discount if they enter the, co the code coupon at at when they're checking out. And I think it is uh, SPEAKS, S-P-E-A-K-S, in all caps. Uh, and that will automatically give them a discount on the book. And it doesn't matter if you're ordering multiple books. It'll still apply. Uh, and so... Uh, and the book is not expensive. I think it's twenty dollars full retail, but Amazon has it for sixteen ninety seven or something plus tax. Um, uh, with a discount, it's probably even less than that uh, if you order directly through Ben Bella. So, um, and they've been just wonderful. I can't say enough nice things about my publisher and how what a, what a how much they've helped me. Wonderful. So, well, thank you so much for your time. We we wish you all the success in the world and know that you're always welcome back on Alzheimer Speaks anytime. Thank you. Be thrilled. Thank you. Bye, everyone. And we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.
Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.